Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On the fan, taking you up to 630. Yesterday, championship Sunday in the NFL. The Chiefs went on the road and knocked off the Ravens. 17-10, Patrick Mahomes threw for 241. 20 targets and 19 completions to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, his number one wide receiver. Meanwhile, the other road team, the Lions, jumped out to a 24-7 lead at halftime and still won't be playing in the Super Bowl. San Francisco outscoring them 27-7 after intermission for the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey got better as the game went on. What a monster he is. What a good player. He's not a big guy, but he is physical as heck. There's that. Yeah, that's the extra layer to it, right? Is I, I think, again, I think it was Greg Olson who I just wish we could have call more games that matter. Did you see the number, by the way, for Fox's telecast? I did. I bet it's I bet it's small. What do you think? Like, the, the, so we, not the rating, but we know the, the number yeah, of millions well, that tuned in. How many in? millions of people tuned in? I want to say, I think this is right. Like, for regular season games. They could get like 26, 27 million a lot of Some times. Some of the marquee ones Thanksgiving yeah. is like in the upper 30s. I'll say 43. 57 million. That's a number. That's big. The most watched NFC championship game on Fox in the last 12 years. That's a game. About to turn that over to Tom Brady. And Brady might be amazing. Like people think this is me being anti-Brady or something. I'm happy for Brady. I'm, I'm, I listen to his everything. He does a bunch of things with Jim Gray. That's basically what he does at this point. <laughs> It's like him and Jim Gray, and for some reason he calls him Scratchy. Okay? That's what happens. He, he does a lot of that. I'll watch any, listen to any of that. He'll be fine. This is a Greg Olson endorsement. He's great. I learn when I watch him, and I learn when I watch Romo. He explains a lot of things, but he's worse at it. He There's more uh, bad delivery and cadence and you know starting and stopping and dragging on of thoughts. And he also, you know what I realized annoys me about Romo? And I'm not out on Romo like everyone else where they think he's terrible, but he's just not as good as Olsen. And when, when you have one after the other, it's so obvious. But I think Romo's worst tendency, listen for this in the Super Bowl, Danny, he is almost belittling to Jim Nance in this sense. He doesn't mean it this way. It seems like they have a good relationship. But I hate the bit where someone's like, oh, good catch by you, man. Or like, like, unnecessarily complimentary. So like Jim Nance was like something like the timing of the play was thrown off by a low snap. There've been a lot of low snaps today. And Tony Romo goes, dude, you've been on everything. You're even on those snaps being low. 
It's like, oh, it's almost like just a crazy. Even you noticed it, idiot. Exactly. But also, we don't need to over compliment, compliment things. It's amateur to me. Uh, like uh, when Nance has a, a big moment and a big call, Romo will, he's literally done this where he's like, you killed that call, man. Or what? It's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than mm-hmm. just act as if. Like, don't be just a guy who's lucky to be in the booth. Like Greg Olson, it just seems like he is here to break down the football game. And with Romo, it's so campy, which I liked at first. I don't know if I've completely flipped on that or what, but after listening and watching Romo and Olson in the same day, it's it's not close. 100% agree. I hated it at first. The you hated the predicting the plays no. and also like the here we go. That's the part I hated. Okay. The, the, I understand it's a big game. I understand it's a big moment. I've watched sports before. That to me, what are we? Ta- what are we doing? And everyone, ta- it's so fun. You guys hate fun. No, 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 no. I hate amateur hour stuff. The best thing he did was watch out for this, aka predicting the plays. He doesn't do that anymore because I don't think he can. I think he's now been out of the league for a couple of years, and everybody's turned over, and every OC has changed, and I don't think he has them anymore. Well, I mean, he's still. It's subtle. I think he was told to stop doing that. No other broadcaster does it for a reason. A lot of guys can predict them. I sat and watched a game with Logan Paulson one time, and he called eight straight plays. He's like, oh, they're about to do this. Like, I don't think that's that crazy of a skill. That's why I think a lot of guys were like, why, why is Romo doing Like, that's weird. It, it takes away from it a little bit. But yesterday, as an example, at one point, right before a, a snap, he goes, you know, they're going to give him this look. Lamar Jackson's going to have an opportunity to run here. And he immediately gets the snap. He's looking, looking. He pulls the ball down, scrambles for a first down. Now, Nance did not do the over-the-top, you called that one, partner, because he's not 14, and he hasn't been doing this for three hours, which is the Romo issue that I have, where it's like anything Jim Nance does, he's like, wow, Jim, good job by you on you, you professional who's one of the greats who's ever done this. But but anyway, he occasionally will, will predict things, but he does not beat you over the head with the, they're going to run left here, which... I don't. You want him to do more of that? Well, I hate it, that. It was the best quality he had okay. as a broadcaster. Meaning, whether you're saying they're going to run, you know, zone trap Z left Xerxes twenty four seven, you know, sports Bryant Gumble glasses off on seven. That's too much. But if he's like, they got a one on one matchup in the flat here, or they're one on one with this guy versus this guy, he's going to look to that. I love that. That's great. There's a dip. There's a subtle difference. That's all gone now. It's been replaced with. Oh God, here we go. You're like a child at the fair, getting ready to ride the teacups for the first time. Embarrassing. Everyone should be embarrassed. Get them off. So that's what we have to look forward to now. Olsen is perfect. Give me Olsen. Give me Charles Davis. Give me the guy that is so excited about it. It's not shouting at you, but he's excited about what he's seeing. These analysis is excellent, succinct, and entertaining without doing shtick like we're doing stand-up or squealing like we've never seen a play before. Like, Olsen is fantastic. And I forgot the original point I had about something about Olsen that he said. What were we talking about before I mentioned Olsen? Do you remember? I don't. It was like three minutes ago. Who could possibly remember that? Predicting plays? Maybe. But Olsen, I don't even know what it was. But the point is, Olsen had some analysis on whatever you were talking about. Like in real time where I went, that's so thoughtful and so good. And that's that's <laughs> the point here is, yes, we're we're explaining what we're seeing. We're learning some stuff as we go. This is a fantastic demonstration of how good he is, and I'm going to miss him. One other thing about the coverage yesterday. I don't know if you saw this at the end of the AFC Championship game. Everyone was busy you know, talking about Taylor Swift being on the field and being upset or mm. not upset or whatever it was. But 
Jason Kelsey was out on the field. And he was hugging his brother, and he's, like, going nuts, and he's in his ear, and he's got all this Chief stuff on, and he's screaming in his ear about how, how happy he is for him. And I, maybe I just shouldn't care what anyone online says because you can find people that are crazy about everything. But there was a, a legitimate amount of people, it seems like, who are bothered that this guy who's a professional player for the Eagles, albeit one that's about to retire and isn't going to be an Eagle ever again, was on the field in Chiefs gear. Have you seen any of this blowback? I didn't know, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, am I the crazy one? Am I taking crazy pills? That's insane. Who cares? They're like, this guy plays for the Eagles, and he's wearing Chiefs stuff. Well, number one, he's not going to play for the Eagles probably ever again. He's going to retire any second now. But let's say he he was in his fourth year with the Eagles. Excuse me, is this thing on? That's his brother out there, mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> like, I, I, what am I missing here? That that is ridiculous. That, that what, what a stupid thing to care about and be upset about. That one's pretty dumb. That one's pretty dumb. But again, it's we're talking about sports fans. That's what we all are. We all we all root for for people that don't care about us that wear the same color shirt. Like the whole thing's irrational. So I understand having feeling some type of way about your guy who's you got eliminated. You you couldn't bother to sulk and get pissed off like I was. Drowning my sorrows. You're gonna go hang out and pound beers and 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 cheer for another team. I know it's his brother. I'm just saying. Kendall Fuller mm-hmm. is in. Are any of his brothers still in the league? I don't think they are now. Kyle Fuller. He's in. Let's just say Kyle Fuller was on the Ravens, and he he was wearing all Ravens gear. That, that one might even be weird because of the geography of it. But uh, Bengals gear or something right. on the field. You just can't tell me that you'd be bothered by that. No, I wouldn't be. But, again, we should be less bothered. We should all in 2024 work to being less bothered by things. Let's go to Manoj, who's in Brooklyn, listening on the always free Odyssey app. Wants to hop in. We're talking coaching search. I'll be disappointed if it's not Ben Johnson. Got my heart set on him. How about you? Uh, yeah, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, buddy. Um, I would be very, very, very disappointed at this point. I mean, part of part because of the hype machine, obviously, but... Uh, yesterday watching the game was nothing but positives for Ben Johnson in my book, um, including the second half. I don't put that at all on him at all. They didn't have a single three and out except for that, that terrible drop. Um, and then also, I think you guys had a topic last week about like, you know, do you want him to get to the Super Bowl uh, and win or just lose in the previous round or maybe it was the last round. And what I said was I wanted to get into the Super Bowl and lose in a heartbreaking fashion. And I think um, yesterday was good enough. And, and I'll take the extra two weeks. I'll take the motivation he'll get out of that. Um, and then the third thing is really the offensive head coach, right? More and more, I mean, the two Super Bowl head coaches are offensive. Uh, I think you see it around the league. If you pair the right QB and the right coach, you build a dynasty. I mean, and, and you, I, I don't think it's six any... straight NFC title games, 12 coaches in that game, six years in a row, offensive-minded, uh, 13 out of the last 14 as well. By the way, this is going to be yeah. a super weird question, and I'm going to apologize in advance, okay, Manoj? Here we go. This is, I'm just telling you this is weird. Right. I, I shouldn't even be doing this, but I'm going to. Did, uh, did we meet you at an appearance at any point recently, or was that a dream of mine? No, you did not. Okay. I have not met you before. Okay. I had a dream <laughs> that we were, I think it was like at Rudy's Golf, and like someone came up and was like, hey, it's Manoj in Brooklyn. It's how you know you think about the show way too much. Whoa, dude. I don't know, man. It, but, uh, like, I he came up to me at Rudy's Golf, and I was like, oh, wow, what are you doing here from Brooklyn? He's but like, this is the dream you had. If it, That's why I just asked. 
Because I was like, didn't we just meet Minoj and, and Rudy's? And I was like, if not, that was a dream. So, yeah, that's weird. That's how you know you obsess over the radio program way too much when you're dreaming about meeting listeners coming up at the Rudy's golf event. Like, I, Minoj is a really good caller. Yeah. I, respectfully, I've never dreamt about Minoj. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. never. You need to get on my level. <laughs> what are you waiting for? I also I mean, think, be fair to say. with you, all coach. due respect to Minoj, yeah. not, I'm not trying to, now Now we're besmirching. What do you, why, are you, why are you bashing Minoj? Yeah, my point is just to say, I, like, I don't remember. I, I know he calls a bunch. Yeah. I don't specifically remember, like, moments or memories with him in any way. However, it's his name being so unique. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I see it on the call screener, I know, oh, he calls in a lot. It's Minoj. M-I-N-O-J is how they put it in there. So I think that's why he worked his way into my dream. Like, if you, if you are... Um, Mark and Largo, Kevin mm-hmm. and Arlington, Javel and Culpepper, like one of the guys that calls or we've known for years or years, it would make more sense. We've never even met Minoj. But I think I think it's the uniqueness of the name, perhaps. So there was a Minoj who the name it's a name I'll never forget. But the dude's posted up on I think it was like 19th Street for whenever we would come home from bars when they're going back to campus at GW and he sold hot dogs. He would make a killing. Well, he made thousands upon thousands of dollars from drunk uh, 19 to 22 year olds buying late night hot dogs. I told you it was a weird question, Minoj. Sorry about that, buddy. Jeff in Woodbridge, what's up? Hello, gentlemen. As always, I appreciate your helping me make it through the day. And Grant, we have never met. I don't want this to get weird. All right. <laughs> That's a good thing. You, you might, you, you got a, a shot. Good thing. Jeff in Woodbridge, you might have a shot not to be. Jeff, in the I ever met you in a dream, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would be very disappointed if it's not Ben Johnson, but at the same time, with what the Commander Brain Trust has done, I trust them at this point. I, you know, this it's football, it's a sport, we're fanatics, but it's also a business, and these are great businessmen. I wonder if part of the issue is it coming down to money. Remember before Christmas, there was a report that Ben Johnson wanted, was looking at wanting $15 million, and his agent came out later that day and said that tweet was 100% false and irresponsible. There, you know, there's there's only uh, one uh, NFL coach that I'm aware of at this point that's making that much, and that's um, Sean Payton. The other two guys, well, and Sean McVay is at 15, as I understand it, but you take Andy Reid, he's at 12. The two guys who were making that much, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, they're not working anymore. They're not getting it. So I just wonder if some of this, you know, back in – that report was back uh, prior to Christmas. There was a lot of jobs open. Now there's only two. So I just wonder if a little bit of this is, uh, you know, a little bit about money. Possibly. Look, he's got less leverage and less posturing to do than if there were vacancies and everybody wanted him still. Now it's Washington or Seattle or you're staying a coordinator in Detroit in a year where there's probably going to be a natural regression, you'd imagine, after they just got to the NFC Championship game. Dan Campbell said it yesterday. You know, it's hard to get back there. Uh, Schefter suggested, it seemed like, you know, there could be surprises. Like, let's say that Washington hires Mike McDonald. Who does Seattle then go with? We don't really know. But Seattle's also had a really weird search. Uh, But I guess they could go with someone that isn't Mm -hmm. Ben Johnson, and then he's back in Detroit, which would be crazy. Because it would be the second cycle in a row where he was the number one guy going in. 
according to everyone who covers this thing. Yeah, closely. there'd be a handful of names that either were all the buzz or are, I don't know, a Hall of Famer or a guy that's still thought of as very much in his prime as a head coach with recent success. There'd be a lot of names left out of the carousel. But what's Seattle he, doing? I don't know. They didn't even put in the slip to interview McDonald in the first week. So they, like, if they won the Super Bowl, they would have had to wait till after the Super Bowl to have their first interview with him. Mm-hmm. And supposedly they're, like, zeroing in on him, which tells you there's a lot of things happening probably that aren't just in the boardroom when you have the formal league-approved meeting. Let's go to JaVel and Culpepper. What's up, JaVel? Hey, Grandin. How you going, guys? Good, buddy. What's, What's up? What's going on, man? Good. Hey, um, Danny, I agree with you 100% on this situation uh, about the coach. Um, I, I think, uh, I, Grant, I think uh, the, the, the Lions offensive coordinator, I think he's a, the, the, the young, sexy, shiny toy, but it, it's only been two years. Like, it's only been two years, and Detroit has, has been really good the second half of last year in this season and should have probably won yesterday. However, coming from the Baltimore organization uh, and their structure with Ozzie Newsom, uh, with Harbaugh, I think that that Weaver and, and McDonald are, are better options. I, I mean, I, I really do. McDonald's, like, you, you real that? quick, though, I'll let you finish, Kanye style. McDonald's has less experience as a coordinator than Johnson, so it's a – it's hard to argue against okay. Johnson's experience when McDonald's done it for less time. Not just as as a coordinator in that position. However, he's been in the organization. He's been a coordinator, yes, for the, the year, year and a half, uh, or, or a year less than um, uh, than the shiny new toy. But he's gotcha. been in So you mean like when he's a linebacker's coach or a defensive assistant or whatever, he's still in but the building where there. they do good things. You're still there. Yeah. You're still there. And Ozzie Newsom is still – at the head of that organization and the Ravens year in and year out, they have the the second or third best draft, if not the best draft every year. And and one thing that I think that some people are missing uh, with Peters, it matters what happened with D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans was a part of that organization. He brought Slowick in, okay? D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coordinator, just like McDonald, just like Weavers is on the defensive side of the ball. So Peters is going to look at everything in totality. And I believe that other than McDonald or Weaver, Slowick is a better um, option just because he took if, – if they're going to take a quarterback at number two as C.J. Stroud was with number two. Because I believe what Slowick did this season – with the Texans' offense was much more impressive than than what the Lions did with a former number one overall pick who had been in the league for several years and had been to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, we, you, what we haven't seen is Ben Johnson working with young ascending talent like in Houston. Right. Ben Johnson. People are like, well, he's he did a great job. It's you know they rank better than the Texans in almost everything. But Javel's point, I'm guessing, is they had more talent. Sure. We haven't necessarily seen Ben Johnson have to do more with less, and he may not be as good at that. I mean, Slowick, you know, it was a year where no one anticipated this. No yeah, he, one was ready for it. He you. took guys that nobody thought were special. Now, forget C.J. Stroud's part of it. is they yeah. jumped on everybody. We'll mm-hmm. see next year. He's probably going to be an O.C. again, it looks like. I guess he could get one of these two jobs. But now there's no nobody. You're not fooling anybody. Everyone knows Tank Dell's a beast. They're game planning for him. Everybody knows Nico Collins is a baller. Everyone knows C.J. Stroud's a star. That's a different expectation now, uh, rather than like Detroit. You're going, you know, going into a game, this is one of the top five offenses in the league, and they still go out and they put up 400 yards and 27 points. So we'll see. It's kind of a chase chaser thing, 
like what that looks like for the Texans next year, for sure. And so I know I do shtick and I'm, I'm hard on Jared Goff. Partly it's to troll Ryan. But the other part is what's objectively true, Sean McVay, the previous offensive genius, was so sick of it. He wanted nothing to do with him anymore. So the idea that, why well, is number one overall pick? He's been to the Super Bowl. Yes, a previous offensive genius carried his behind to the Super Bowl. Then you got a guy that you go, I can't deal with it anymore. I don't want him to be part of this organization. I want someone else to take a veteran that's off injured and they go to the Super Bowl right away. The fact that Ben Johnson got basically an average of 30 touchdowns and 10 picks out of Jared Goff for two straight years, that's not nothing to me. I think that's his his biggest achievement where everything is now kind of folded in. Remember, he was a, a tax from the Rams. And he was he's basically it's a tax that the Lions had to pay in order to kind of get what they wanted in the deal for for going both ways. The Rams did not want him anymore. A reclamation project. I think that's the biggest feather in Johnson's cap. Yeah, Weaver has been a D coordinator one time. It was in 2020 with the Texans, and that team ranked you know 30th in defense. Uh, they were four and 12. Otherwise, he's been a, a D line coach in Baltimore, but over the last three years, presumably has picked up a lot of the tricks to the trade that they use in that building. And again, that would be your leader of men type hire. Uh, we will be glued to all of the proceedings as we get closer and closer to a final decision. Tomorrow will be the day they interview Ben Johnson day. Right. Grant and Danny saying so long tech hoops coming your way. Thanks to Darris and Ryan for their work behind the scenes. We got ourselves a Super Bowl matchup, people. Ben Johnson alert. Thank you for coming. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 